It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. AC Mott flips to the left. Here's Hurdle across the line, moving into the Bruins zone. He's being defended really well by Carlo. Carlo influenced him all the way to the corner, right to the end board, and hammered him. And now Meyer is dropping the gloves, it looks like, with Brandon Carlo as we get a stoppage of play. Timo Meyer unleashing a torrent of right hands as Brandon Carlo taking it right to the face from the Sharks' leading goal scorer. And then Meyer wrestles down Carlo. Back inside the Sharks' zone, Bruins throwing it around in the power play. As Bergeron surgically on the ice, throws it back to McAvoy. Down low to Marchand, back to McAvoy, stops the puck, tees up, shoots, it's blocked in front. It's a good job there by Nick Chichek to get a stick on that with Harrington. Chichek and Harrington killing the penalty here with a score of 3-0 in favor of Boston. Get some guys some experience, I love it. McAvoy skates in deep, throws it across the ring, quick shot, Pasternak scores! Quick as that! A quick pass across the rink, and Pasternak is going to bury that 99 times out of 100. And he does right there to make it a 4-0 Bruin lead. That is a power play goal for Pasternak. One bit of good and a whole lot of, I won't say bad, but I will also say it wasn't exactly encouraging what we saw against Boston the other night. The San Jose Sharks were um, dismantled by Boston, and I, they did it in a very methodical, very orderly way like they didn't you know just overwhelm the sharks they didn't blow them out they just did it very businesslike they went about what they knew they had to do and the sharks did not have an answer for a single aspect of it and i'm not trying to rip on the sharks i'm not trying to get on david quinn i'm not trying to get on any of the guys i mean you just saw the disparity in overall level between two teams like boston right now is a buzzsaw, and the Sharks went into that buzzsaw, and they got cut right down the middle. They had no answer. They had no pushback. They had no ability to force that game into something more than what it was, which was a beatdown at the hands of the Bruins. And no, it was not the worst loss that the Sharks have ever taken. And yes, Bruins are very, very good in their own building this year, but it just was a bit demoralizing in the sense that you could see very clearly the difference between where the Sharks are and where the Bruins are right now. And there is a an ocean in between those two teams right now. And the other big takeaway that I had from this one is that we should all be looking at what the San Jose Sharks want to turn themselves into. Anyone can go out there and say they want to be a better team. Anyone can say that they want to be in a better position in the standings. Anyone can say that they want to draft better, develop better, and be a quote-unquote competitive team. But not everyone has a vision of what that exactly is. And that identity is what the Sharks are so desperate to try and create right now. And it's not going to happen this year. And you would hope that by the end of next year, we do see a little bit more of the beginnings or the start or the spark of what we will later, later identify as that identity. But right now, the San Jose Sharks are a bit adrift. 
They are trying to weather the storm and put themselves in a better position. But part of that weathering the storm is looking at a team like Boston and saying that is what we need to be. And I think if you listen to a lot of the language that is used by what we hear from Mike Greer and by from what we hear from a David Quinn, you do get the idea that they want to be like Boston. They want to be four lines deep. They want to be able to come at you from all angles. They want to be sound. They want to be just, like I said, business-like. They want to be able to go about their game and enforce their will upon the opposition, dictate the terms of the game that is being played out there on the ice, and be very, very good at home and very, very good on the road. And I know that these things can be applied to good teams across the NHL, but there's just different ways of going about it. I think what they're trying to do is find a style that, regardless of what top-level talent they have or what speed or whatever they have, in terms of the roster, that they have an identity, that they have a style that they want to ascribe to and be able to force that upon their opposition, which it's not a bad thing to me. I think it's very good to identify what exactly you want to be able to do and the style you want to play, regardless of whether or not you have a Connor McDavid or regardless of whether or not you have um, you know, a Nathan McKinnon or list whatever superstar you want to. And I think that's the important thing is to say, even if we don't have upper echelon player A, B, or C, that we can still go out there and play this style of game and get results in the NHL. And listen, I know it's not easy to get results in the NHL, but you've got to be able to put yourself in a position, regardless of what your top-level talent is, to where everybody else can be part of a contributing team to give you a chance to win. And now the Sharks are faced with the need to bounce back after what have been a couple of lackluster performances. They didn't play well against Edmonton, but then they had good performances against New Jersey and then Dallas. Then they lost to Columbus, and they were handled by Boston, and now they're in the position once again where they need to bounce back. And credit to the Sharks, they've done a good job at bouncing back at various points this year, but you needed to be with a little bit more urgency, and you needed to be with a little bit more frequency or maybe less frequency is the right way to look at it maybe you want to have less situations where you find yourself needing to bounce back either way I do feel confident that the Sharks will have a good game tonight against Detroit Detroit has 46 points on the year they are 19 18 and 8 sitting at sixth in the Atlantic division that is seven points greater than what the Sharks have right now but they don't look like Boston to me you know that's the main difference is the Sharks while they have pretty much played very, very well against just about all the upper echelon teams they faced this year, uh, Boston, even last year as well, they went in and went down 3 nothing and made it a game but lost 4-3. But, you know, I, I think that a game like Detroit is one the Sharks should feel that they do have a chance to win, even if it's not in their favor being on the road and, you know, coming off a tough loss against Boston. And Detroit is not terrible by any means, but this should be a game that the Sharks could feel like they could win. Uh, let's get into some of the sound from David Quinn earlier this morning when he spoke with the media, asked, you know, if there were any positives that he could take away from the game against Boston. No. I, I thought so. No. Yeah. There really wasn't much out of that game that you really felt good about for a variety of reasons. And, you know, we've got to continue to move forward here. We've got to push games like that behind us and not let it affect us. You know, I think a big part of the way we reason why we played the way we did is because of what happened in Columbus. I thought that carried over. I think we felt very good about ourselves after the Columbus game and you know, if you're going to have success in this league, you got to think you're pretty good and you got to have some swagger. And I thought we lost all of that uh, in our loss to Columbus. And I thought it carried over into the Boston game. Now, either way, it was going to be a tough situation, right? Like, I'm not trying to tell David Quinn that he is wrong, but 
I don't feel that on the second night of an East Coast back-to-back going from Columbus to Boston and taking on the best team of the NHL, I don't know how much of that is losing your swagger. Now, I do think the Sharks were a bit deflated after falling to Columbus the way it went down. They were up 2-0 and 3-2 and lost. I mean, that's a, that's a tough way to go down. I'll definitely acknowledge that, but I don't know if that there was that much carryover from what happened in Columbus based on what I saw Boston do because Boston just dismantled the Sharks. And I'm not trying to be, again, inflammatory, but I mean, you could see they, they took the Sharks down. They pieced them down. I mean, it was not a pretty sight to see. I don't like watching the Sharks lose like that, but it was so overwhelmingly in favor of Boston from start to finish in that game that it was just kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't care what type of a game the Sharks were coming off of. That was going to be a hard game to win in any circumstance, let alone the second night of an East Coast back-to-back. You know, that didn't bode well for the Sharks going into it, and it ended up not being a great uh, finish when all was said and done. So I can't say I'm that surprised. I'm a little bit in disagreement with Quinn there on the, um, you know, just them kind of losing their groove or their swagger or whatever. It was like, nah, that was, that was going to be tough no matter what. Now, the other part of that is he doesn't want to acknowledge that. He wants to say, yeah, you know, if it hadn't been for that game, we would have come in with a lot more of a, you know, more positive vibe. And I get that. He he wants to paint it his way. Not going to hold that against him in the slightest. But it is just something that I would take, not umbrage with, but just try and point out. Like, he's going to try and make his claim. He wants to bolster his guys. He wants to point out some issues. But, you know, he also wants to talk about the fact that maybe they did lose a little bit of their bravado, but also that they, uh, you know, could have had a different outcome under different circumstances. I get it. I get it, but in my opinion, yeah, it was not going to go well in any way, shape, or form. Quinn was also asked that in light of the performance against Columbus when the Sharks maybe had a little bit of their confidence taken away, if he can coach confidence. I've said before, uh, you can certainly create an environment where you feel good about your team, but at the end of the day, you know, the only way you become a confident group is doing things the right way over and over again. And you know, I've said this many times, you just... It's something you got to earn. You can't just create confidence. You got to go out there and earn it by the way you play and the work you put into it. And you know everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Your teammates watch it and they feel good about you. And all of a sudden you feel good about your group. And you know, that's just how it works. There's no other. There's no shortcut to it. And I do think that's fair. I, I think that's a fair assessment of where he's viewing his team right now because they do have to earn the confidence. They do have to feel like they can win in every any given situation and feel like they can come back. And you know you've seen it. A game like Dallas, where they come back from a 3-0 deficit and win, while it's not exactly the blueprint I think that anybody wants to have, I think it is evidence of the fact that the Sharks have talent and that when the stars align, they can utilize that to get themselves a win when all is said and done. The part of that that I have a problem with is the fact that, and not what Quinn is saying, I'm saying the problem with the Sharks is that that's not, that's not a blueprint, right? Like You can't like rely on the stars to align for you to get a win. You have to be a team that plays a style and has the ability in any circumstance to win. We saw this with the Sharks previously. We see this with Boston right now. We have seen this with many teams as of late in the NHL where they have found an identity, found a style. You can move pieces around. You can have different guys come in and out of the lineup. You can have guys go down to injury. You can have new signings. You can have an overall system and identity where you are able to bring in that confidence and have a chance to win in any given situation. And that's where the Sharks are um, hopefully headed next. We're going to take a break on the other side. We're going to get into more of this sound from David Quinn earlier this morning. You're on the buildup on the Sharks Audio Network. 
Don't miss the 2023 Sharks Legends game on February 24th at Tech CU Arena, celebrating the legacy of Patrick Marlowe. He scores! Patrick Marlowe in his 100th career playoff game. This is your chance to see some of your favorite Sharks players from the past hit the ice again as they pay tribute to Marlowe's legendary career. Alumni scheduled to attend along with Marlowe include Owen Nolan, Mike Ricci, Ryan Clough, Joel Ward, Evgeny Nabokov, and many more. Sharks 365 and Barracuda Battery members will enjoy an exclusive pre-sale that begins January 18th. Keep an eye on your inbox for details. Tickets for the general public go on sale at 10 a.m. January 20th at Ticketmaster. Backhand shot, he scores! Patrick Marlowe has done it again! Let's do it again as the Sharks celebrate the legacy of Patrick Marlowe. The 2023 Sharks Legends game, February 24th at Tech CU Arena. Sharks pick up. Kitschur has it at center. Shoots. Score! Empty net goal for the captain, Logan Kitschur. And the San Jose Sharks have got this one. They're up five to three. They were down three nothing in this game, and they have scored five unanswered goals. All right, welcome back, everyone. That was the last good moment the Sharks had, or feel-good moment. It was nice when they were up on Columbus, but obviously it didn't end very good. But we go back to that game uh, against Dallas. Logan Couture getting the big win before the Sharks went out on the road, or the empty netter, I should say, that led to the big win, the big comeback win. And before the Sharks were in a situation, they find themselves now lost to Columbus, lost to Boston, and now in Detroit today, hoping to get back on track against the Red Wings. We've been going through some of the sound from head coach David Quinn this morning when he met with the media. And I got to give credit to my man, Drew Remenda. He was the one asking these questions at the start. And he asked this one, what two things do you need to see from your team tonight for you guys to have a chance to win? We've got to stay on top. We talked about the five-man gaps in all three zones from the start of training camp. And we've got to manage pucks. We've got to attack with speed. Uh, I think our puck movement has really suffered here the last few games. We've held on to it way too long, but... That's a two-part equation. It's a guy with it not really looking to move it, and the guys without it not getting available for him. So you know, the, we've got to do those two things if we're going to be successful, regardless of who we're playing. And I appreciate that David Quinn is talking about what they need to do in general versus what they need to do against one just specific opponent. Because, yes, I am sure there are a number of things he has pointed out to his squad indicating what they need to do in this individual game. That would be insane if that wasn't there, but... He, A, he doesn't want to give too much away, but B, I mean, he's talking about the identity. And that's something that we keep on coming back to, right? Like, what is the Sharks' identity? What are they as a team? Where are they as a team? These are the discussions that we frequently have and that we are going to continually frequently have as we get deeper and deeper into this season. And really, until we feel that the Sharks' identity is there. But part of that is David Quinn identifying something that he needs to see game in, game out for the Sharks to have a good chance to win. And that is not so crazy to me. Like that, again, it's it's like he said, it's not just today's opponent, it's at all times. He knows what he wants to see. The Sharks just need to present it. Quinn was asked what he sees in this Detroit team. They look a lot like Tampa. <laughs> you know, maybe without Stamkos and uh, Kucherov and those guys. They, they're well coached, uh, they play hard, they've got a quickness to their game. And, you know, we saw that when we played them in San Jose. And again, that does make sense when you look at the front office and the way it's gone down there for Detroit. But I also look at what's 
going to be happening around this team in the next couple of weeks. The chatter continues to go on. You know, it's Timo Meyer, it's Eric Carlson. There's other names that are being thrown into the mix. And uh, Quinn actually had a pretty good response about, you know, what it's like being in this situation, what it's like for these guys. And he was very blunt about it, but I thought that he gave a, a pretty good answer here. Yeah, my first year in New York, there was this cloud over the group about potential movement and whatnot. And that's just life in the National Hockey League. That happens at every team whether guys are going to be added or, or not, even the teams that are looking to add players, that, you know, that means their roster is going to be affected. So I'm sure guys that you know, aren't on the top two lines or the you know, top two pairings of the D are wondering what this roster is going to look like. And I think teams in our situation that might be making moves at the trade deadline, uh, you know, the guys might be moved or, or being affected by it. So it's just that it's being a pro athlete. And it's managing these situations. And you know, I certainly don't want to see Timo Meyer or Eric Carlson or you know, a lot of our guys go, and but that's life in the National Hockey League, and that's out of my control, and I thought Timo's done a hell of a job managing Yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, he's right. That is life in the NHL, and it's good to be wanted. It's good to be, you know, maybe viewed as someone who can help a team takes that take that next step, but when you have that uncertainty going about your every waking moment and you hear about it when you look at your phone or turn on the radio or the TV, there are some inherent distractions there. And Timo Meyer has done a very good job handling it this year. He has obviously not let it affect his performance. Um, you know, he's gotten better and better the deeper we've gotten into the year. You know, he started off slow, but since then he's been rolling gangbusters. And this also applies to Eric Carlson, except for the fact that no one thought that he was going to be in these trade dis- discussions when the year began. But now he's obviously on his way or, you know, unless anything goes awry to having a great, great season. So it's fun to watch this from Carlson. It's great for all of us. But now he's part of that fray as well that's continually being talked about when it comes to trade discussions. I think health and just him in a good mindset. You know, I just think, uh, you know, he's 32 years old. I think as you get older, you, you, you know, your mindset changes and, I think the roster makeup, and again, I think he and Bernsey are two great players, but I think, you know, with the trade of Bernsey, uh, it may, maybe created a ton of clarity on what he's going to have to do instead of feeling like he had to share responsibility. I'm sure, you know, Bernsey felt the same way. So, you know, but more than anything, I think it's health and his mindset. Yeah, the health obviously plays a huge role. He was on his way to having a very strong season last year until he got knocked down by COVID and injury. Um, And he's had good moments with the Sharks. It's just far too often there have been injury issues. Uh, But right now, watching Eric Carlson play every single time the puck is at his stick, you feel like something special is going to happen. And and we saw that in the game against Dallas. Sharks start to break out. Gregor flips to Carlson. Carlson to center ice, tosses a soft one. Gregor with speed coming into the right wing corner. That's a great job by Hockenpah to keep Gregor away from the puck. But it's fed back to the point by Sturm to Benino to Carlson. The shot! Score! Eric Carlson puts the Sharks in front, 4-3, with 9-19 to play. It's the third point of the night for EK65. And that was just one of the many moments that Carlson has used his individual talent to change the game. Like, right there, it's 3-3. You don't know what's going to happen. And then Eric Carlson, with an unbelievable goal, just, you know, finding the short side angle, the space, makes it happen, gets the Sharks right ahead, and they never let go. It was the feel-good moment of the year. Unfortunately, since then, it's been one just frustrating loss because you're up 2-0 and 3-2, and then one loss that I think we could all see coming, even if they don't want to admit that. But 
We are just about out of time. Be sure to join us at 3.30 this afternoon for pregame coverage live on the Sharks Audio Network. And then the game will start at 4 in Detroit, taking on the Red Wings. Dan Rusinowski on the call. Should be a fun one tonight. I'm excited to see the Sharks bounce back. And then, of course, I will be with you tomorrow morning on Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.